1: And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral.
0: This is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And this week, we will not necessarily be talking about playoff football. And that's not just because the Packers are not in the playoffs. It's that we are thinking of other things that we can talk about that don't consist of Aaron Rodgers. And will he or won't he be in the NFL in 2023? So... Today, we will be looking at positions of need for this Packers roster going into next season. This can be players that we think maybe are on the bubble, players, you know, just at depth positions where there isn't a lot of depth, or maybe positions that the Packers could target in the draft. So Perry, first, how are you? And two, why don't you go ahead and get us started with your first uh, position?
0: Sure. Hi, I'm good. Uh, It's Monday. It's been raining in New York for about 48 hours straight. So starting to lose my mind a little bit. But here we are. I think let's start on the defensive side of the ball. What do you say? Um, I think originally I had edge, but maybe we just lump this as the entire defensive line because I think there is potential restructure and shuffling when it comes to some of the defensive ends as well. So I think let's start there because when I think of this off season, there's one other position of need that I think comes above edge. And that's what we're going to talk about next. No spoilers. Um, But I do really think that watching Rashawn Gary go down and he's likely going to miss you know, unless he has some miraculous recovery this offseason, the beginning of the 2023 season, that they need some depth there. And while Preston is a great number two and J.J. Anagbare really stood out in his rookie campaign, um, I just don't think the depth is necessarily there along the line. So that's like number two, I would say, in terms of needs this offseason. season.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we know, you know, we're not sure if Rashawn Gary will be back to start the season. We're hoping that that's the case. You know, what his rehab looks like remains to be seen and how he's progressing through that. Um, Preston Smith, I think by all accounts, will be back in the building unless they're doing some weird cost saving move, but I think he's pretty much locked to be um in that past rush rotation agree with you as well on jj nagbari looking really good but then there's a lot like you said up in the air that's kind of in flux you've got dean lowry as an unrestricted free agent you've got jaron reed who came in on that one-year deal as an unrestricted free agent and then even some of the depth pieces at edge like eric wilson justin Hollins. so even if you're looking at like rotational guys along the line and then the edge group a lot mm-hmm. of those depth pieces are Unrestricted free agents. And of course, you know, the Packers could bring them back. Um, Shouldn't be too costly, really, for any of those names that we listed. But the Packers are already minus 15 million in cap space. They are in the red um, by a large margin. So I think talking about anything financially right now is kind of tricky for the Screen Bay team.
0: I actually think Preston Smith to start there his contract is quite friendly for 2023. So there could be some level of restructuring and getting more into like a signing bonus, but his base salary is 2 million. He's owed 2.4 as a signing bonus. He has a roster bonus of 8.1, but his cap hits about 13. So if you're looking at guys who have you know, high salary cap hits that maybe you can move on from. Like, I actually don't think Preston falls into that category necessarily. Like I said, and if you cut him, you're at a nine, about 9.8 million in dead money. So you are not even really saving much. And I think he brings way more value. Um, so I can't imagine, like you said, that they move on from him at all, but I think potentially a restructure is in place, but I think where we need to start with this actually is that Rashawn Gary needs to get extended. Right. And I know his injury maybe puts things, you know, into a weird place, but I can't imagine, regardless of anything, that they're not going to do that. So his cap hit going into 2023 is 10.89, so... 10.9 almost 11 million and so an extension could potentially bring that down and that's kind of a win-win for everybody that's a move that I think that they definitely would like to lock in this offseason and besides Kenny Clark who they also extended and I think they could restructure his deal as well I think everyone else is on the chopping block
1: yeah I mean you're hoping that TJ Slayton makes another jump. He came on really nicely at the end of the season. Devante Wyatt obviously needs a lot more snaps going into his sophomore campaign. He looked really good, but it was very limited. So there's some pieces there that I think right. the Packers can work with and that should kind of help a- with a lot of that depth. But yeah, Kenny Clark is going to need some help, which feels like it is just a recurring narrative every off season that we talk about going into the draft.
0: I really hope that Devante Wyatt, after what we saw at the end of this season is going to be that guy and like you said, I mean, T.J. Slayton at the end of the season had some really, really nice moments. But you mentioned it earlier, and I think it bears, you know, necessary conversation. Like, I can't imagine that Jaron Reed is back in 2023. So that's losing someone who was a pretty, like, substantial rotational piece. And I also can't imagine that Dean Lowry is back. Um, I think that has kind of solidified itself as, like, the Packers can move on. They obviously drafted Wyatt for a reason, and he played more snaps when Dean Lowry was out with an injury. So in my mind, you know, those two guys are gone, which really only leaves (laughs) J.J. Anibari, Kenny Clark, Wyatt, and T.J. Slayton, which is a really nice four, but the depth is not there, like we said. Um, Jonathan Ford, they're not going to cut a draft pick. Um, The only edge I could see them cutting outright as well as Jonathan Garvin, who is just simply not, producing anything at the moment but again if they're looking for cap space here you know 1.1 million is is not going to really move the needle much and maybe they just keep him for depth but they're just in a really interesting place with this like position group as a whole because they have really heavy on their top guys and maybe the depth guys aren't changing the cap or like adding much to it but they're also not you know adding a ton of talent to the depth as well in return
1: it's really interesting that you mentioned um jaron reed not coming back because i think if one of either reed or dean Lowry comes back i would put money that it would be jaron reed and you know i think you know part of that could be because of the dean Lowry entry but i just thought he had a really nice season as a rotational piece and the packers historically i know kenny clark is the vet in that room but there's a lot of young unproven talent and you know If something were to happen to Kenny Clark or to Devontae Wyatt, you know, that position is so thin that if they lose somebody historically, they bring in multiple vets to kind of round out the position. So while I would love to see Wyatt get, you know, the bulk of those kind of number two snaps, I do think that, you know, a Jaron Reed type player, even if it's not Jaron Reed, will be one of those vet signings that we see in free agency that'll come at like a, you know, one million kind of vet minimum price because the Packers are pretty cash strapped right now.
0: Right. So that was going to be my next question is if they were going to add to this position, do you, where do you think it's going to come from? And again, I think this could go for every single position group that we talk about because the Packers cap is in a very precarious situation. But I can see given history and also just the way that it looks like this draft class is shaking out that the Packers take an edge quite early in the draft. And then that leaves room for Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, taking that jump or at least having the snap count space to make a bigger impact because there won't be a Dean Lowry or Jeron Reed on the field. Like ahead of them and then developing another edge behind them. That's kind of the route that I see the Packers taking because I mean, look, you, you took Devante Wyatt in the 28th pick of the draft, like in his second rookie season, I as a red shirt, I can get behind second year is really where, you know, a first-round pick should be contributing to this team.
1: Yeah I know we we've kind of joked on this show before that you know the Packers at pick 15 are very likely to take an edge rusher um, but I could also see it being an, an interior defensive lineman if one of the better ones mm-hmm. in this class would fall just because I mean that's that's the kind of you know Packers pick where it's one of those like meat and potatoes kind of blue collar positions where they always invest a lot of draft capital and Um, I think the position we're going to talk about next, you know, you could argue would be worth taking in the first round as well. But 15 might be kind of rich for this class. And we'll dive into all that stuff, obviously, a lot later as we get closer to the draft. Let's talk about the the safety unit, because I think that is arguably the most needed position on this team going into next season. Just a lot up in the air. Adrian Amos is an unrestricted free agent. Darnell Savage, the Packers, obviously picked up his fifth-year option. But then you don't really have a lot of depth. It's Rudy Ford, and he's also a free agent. So (laughs) that position group could be entirely brand new.
0: It's really wild. So I think there are two burning questions here three maybe that we can hit on one is they've picked up Savage's fifth year option, right? So their choices here are Savage is staying and starting or Savage is getting traded. And I'm, I'm think I know what your answer is, but curious what you think the Packers do. I think from a value perspective, there's no trade value there. So it looks like Darnell Savage is either going to be on the bench or on the field, but either way, he's on this roster. And the second burning question is, do they bring back Adrian Amos?
1: going into this season, I would have said that Adrian Amos was like the most likely candidate during the season to get an extension. You know, I thought that they, he would have been somebody in like the Preston Smith category where they locked him up either right before the season started or, you know, just got that deal done to solidify that secondary. Then we saw him struggle and we saw Darnell Savage struggle. And now I think that the Packers just kind of blow it up. I could maybe see Darnell Savage playing some nickel, but I don't think we're going to have any like true safety value out of Savage. And, I love Adrian Amos as a player, but Me he's, too. he's had a down year and his, his contract, he was 9 million last season. And I think that's just too much for this roster to commit, which I think also makes it more frustrating that the Packers didn't invest very heavily in safety. You know, there were a lot of really good prospects and like that top 50 in the 2022 class Packers ignored it. And yes, they picked up like Tariq Carpenter. So he's on the roster, but nobody that you'd really think right at this point would be a starter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I think Adrian Amos had such a fantastic run with the Packers. He played easily his best ball um, the last, I think it's, well, they brought him in with Z and Preston. So since 2019, but this season he just looked a step slower, not as... Sharp, not always in. You know, we are so used to Adrian Amos always being in the right place, the right time. If he didn't, if, even if he didn't show up on the stat sheet, and unfortunately that player didn't return, and so given the cap situation, I I don't think that he's going to be back on the roster. I also think, you know, the Packers need just like a complete overhaul with a little bit of like younger talent. Um, But I agree with you that that means like this position is getting blown up (laughs) and they're going to need to maybe even draft two defensive backs in this draft. Now I can see a world where they bring Rudy Ford back on a really, really cheap deal um, because he played well as that like third, sometimes second safety when called upon. Um, and so if they don't want to rely heavily on young guys and they can't spend in free agency because we know that they don't have the money to do that, then that feels like an option. But I don't know if that's like my, that's not ideal. That—that that, That's not the preferred option as well as I think that Rudy Ford played this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see Rudy Ford kind of coming in and being that depth piece. I also wonder about like Dallin Lovett. you know, I know we saw his presence largely on special teams. He didn't really play a ton of safety, but if he is Rich Passaccio assuming he's back and he doesn't land any of these coaching gigs that he's interviewing for um, he's kind of a core teamer. So he's one of those people that I could see as like a rotational depth piece, but not somebody arguably that you would want to be your starting free or strong safety at um, in your defense. So I think, you know, it's not really a position of need, but I'd be curious, you know, to just get your really quick thoughts on the state of the secondary as a whole. So we know Jair obviously had an all pro season, you know, say what you want about that, um, whether or not you believe that he truly did. Um, I know that was kind of controversial to some people. Um, Then you've got Rasul Douglas, obviously it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Eric Stokes hopefully is able to come back and, uh, you know, look more like his his rookie season after a kind of tumultuous sophomore season before the injury. So Keyshawn Nixon should be back as well. So what do you think the depth looks like here? I mean, do you think safety is the concern and the cornerback position is going to be kind of the same? Or do you think we're going to see more of a rotation? No, I feel pretty solid about the
0: cornerback position. Um, You know, obviously, Eric Stokes is now coming off a pretty rough injury. So I think it will depend on, like, where he is in his timeline. The Packers always go out and get a DB somewhere in, this, in the draft. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they took one high. It wouldn't surprise me if they took one late. It, it Just, like, no taking of corner safety would surprise me. But they do need to invest in the safety position at this point because it's, like, just officially a liability. So if it's that's where they lean, I think – uh, that's my preference because I feel the cornerback position is a bit like locked up at
1: this point. I agree with you. And Jerry Gray is one of those position coaches that I hope sticks around, you know, just because I think that he's brought a lot of value and this isn't an episode to talk about the defense, but if the Packers, you know, are going to have a lot of these same pieces back same coordinator, same position coaches. I think, you know, the players that they bring in are going to make a really significant impact on this, especially if, you know, yes. you're thinking that the scheme is maybe going to be the same. But any other quick thoughts on the defense before we shift to the offensive side of the ball?
0: I think that there are going to be a number of big name safeties available in free agency. I wish that the Packers had the ability to go out and get to someone like like a Jordan Poyer you know, or a Jesse Bates. Those both, I think, go back to the current teams that they're on at this point. I feel like they're probably priorities for them to re-sign. Same with like a Jimmy Ward. Um, but there's a lot of names on here that I think the Packers could potentially be interested in going after. You know, my guy who I wanted a couple of years ago, Jabril Peppers. There's, there are some guys out there that potentially could be in the more affordable range, but I think just the, outcome if you will you take away from this conversation is that the Packers are going to need an an absolute injection of talent at this position in order for that secondary to operate at its best because you can have the best cornerbacks in the league but if you're not getting safety help and your safeties are out of assignment are not athletic enough can't cover etc it's not going to matter what Jair Alexander and Russell Douglas can do.
1: Yeah. And I think there's, you know, we'll have multiple shows about this very topic, but I think there's a lot of really interesting names too, as far as, you know, who you can bring in. Adrian Amos was almost 30, but the Packers, like we said, historically like to have vets at the position to pair with rookies. And I don't necessarily see the Packers only having rookies or second year players as like their starting safety tandem. So there's gotta be somebody on the market that the Packers would be interested in that shouldn't cost too much money for them. So let's flip it then, I guess, to the offensive side of the ball and talk about arguably, you know, what you said is one of the biggest positions of need uh, for this Packers offense. So thinking about
0: positions that are going to be like completely overhauled, I think tight end is probably above safety at this point in terms of who is going to be back. There may be equivalent because the only the only guy that is unequivocally going to be on this roster next season is Josiah DeGora. And that's because he's on his rookie deal. <laughs> um, you have Mercedes Lewis, obviously, who has been, you know, kind of signing these like one year deals for the last couple of seasons to stay in green Bay. I think irregardless of the Aaron Rodgers decision, Mercedes might decide to hang it up, right? He's had an illustrious career. He's had 17 seasons in the league He is in his late 30s. Nothing would surprise me anymore. I think it's unfortunate because he plays such a specific role in this offense that cannot be replicated by anyone else, at least not anyone currently on this roster. So they're going to need to go out and find that big body blocking tight end. There's not that many like him. He's so unique. Um, Maybe that's what they're training Josiah DeGuarra to become. Who knows? Um, Not that he's the right size. Uh, And then there's Robert Tunyon, who is also a free agent. I think at one point I would have said I could see them bringing him back. I'm 50-50 now on Tunyon. I think that he hasn't played up to his 11-touchdown season enough to get paid. So if he wanted to take a team-friendly deal and stay with the Packers, that wouldn't surprise me. But I can also see any number of another team saying, that guy has something that we'd like, and we're going to go out and sign him to more than the Packers can afford. I don't know how you feel about it, but either way, the Packers are going to have to draft a tight end. They might have to sign, you know, a tight end in free agency. Like this position needs work and tight end is so important to the Matt Lafleur offense between, you know, blocking. And also just, we've seen at least even in this playoffs, like what a, you know, multi-dimensional tight end does for offenses and I know that it's you know a dime a dozen to find a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey but these teams that we're watching even a Hayden Hurst right the Bengals just we just watch Hayden Hurst carve up the Bills off uh, defense Um, you just you need a guy like that on your team at this point so the Packers are going to have to find one some way somehow
1: I'm really glad that you mentioned Hayden Hurst because he was literally who I was thinking of as somebody who, you know, kind of took a leap, took a gamble, went to a team and has just, I think, exceeded expectations. And, you know, he's probably somebody that the Bengals would like to bring back for their offense, but he's definitely going to be a lot pricier now as an unrestricted free agent this year. Really a lot of impressive tight end names on this list as far as free agents are concerned, but most obviously out of the Packers um, salary range. You got Mike Gusecki on here, Dalton Schultz, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper and then Hayden Hurst, like you mentioned, and Robert Tunyon as some of those big names that are going to be available. So, you know, the Packers do obviously have Josiah DeGuar, like you said, I think he's going to get some looks, but I don't necessarily think the Packers believe in him as like a a tight end one. I think he's more of like a gadget guy for the offense. And then You know, even after his uh, preseason struggles, the Packers have been very adamant about Tyler Davis and their belief in him. So he's still on the roster, but again, doesn't really feel like anybody that's going to emerge as like tight end one. So a position they're either going to draft highly or like you said, look to free agency for if they're able to find the budget to do so.
0: I think when people hear about, oh, taking a tight end high, they're like, hmm, really? I I just feel like this position is not as like, valued by fans as it is by NFL teams. And I will repeat what I just said, like this position is everything to Matt LaFleur's offense. The amount of times we see two tight end sets on the field, whether it's with Mercedes Lewis as basically a sixth offensive lineman and Tanyan as the pass catcher or Deguara out there, like lead blocking for the run game. Like this is everything for the Packers and I am 100% on board with them doing what they need to do, whether it's draft or free agency with whatever capital they have to go out and redo this position. Because if you're going into the season with Josiah DeGuara and Tyler Davis and like who knows who, I I think it's going to be really to the detriment of this offense, no matter who's under center. So there are some fun guys as we get into the draft that we will look at. for those of you listening that know how big of a Notre Dame fan my dad is, um, he's obviously looking at Mr. Mayor out there um, at 15, which I think, again, might be a little bit rich. But like, there's a lot that I think the Packers are able to do. But like, this is so high on the list for me of like, area of focus, I guess, this offseason. season.
1: I agree. And I think part of that um, kind of segwaying, it's not necessarily a huge position of need when you compare it to all the other positions that we've already talked about, but pre-show, you know, I brought up the wide receiving core and I think just because it's going to look so different, you know, Alan Lazard is a free agent. Randall Cobb is a free agent. We don't know if they'll be back. We don't know if the quarterback will be back. Um, So you've got Christian Watson as your one. Romeo Dobbs is a really nice complimentary piece. Samori Toure, obviously the Packers drafted. But that's basically it. You know, yeah. the Packers always have a vet in the room. So we'll see if they decide to bring somebody back or bring a new receiver into the building. Historically, the last couple of seasons, that hasn't worked out well for them with these injections at wide receiver. Thinking of Sammy Watkins and Devin Funches as maybe the most recent examples of the Packers doing that they could still draft, you know, one or two, and they likely will just to infuse some talent into that room. And, you know, it's not to say Christian Watson can't be the face of this wide receiving core. I think he will be. And I think he's kind of proven that he deserves some of that going into his sophomore season. But I just historically, like we already talked about the Packers love to pair vets with younger players. And I think they'll want to have some type of vet presence at wide receiver in there, um, you know, in that room.
0: I could not agree more. I I think, to me, Alan Lazard is not coming back. Um, I just based on things he said and probably the amount he wants to get paid, which is deserved. I, I doubt that the Packers are going to be able to come to an agreement with him. I think depending on who's under center will also determine what they do, because if they're going to stick with Rodgers, I can see them bringing Randall Cobb back again on a pretty cheap one-year vet minimum deal. It's something I can envision Cobb agreeing to as well, like get another season in, play with your buddy, whatever it is. But if it's Jordan Love under center, I actually think the need for a vet wide receiver is even greater, just like exactly what you said, just from their experience, their understanding of playbook, having like a bit of a, I don't want to call it a security blanket because they'd be new to the quarterback, but there's something about a vet wide receiver who's been out there a number of years that, acts as some level of security blanket. And again, they did the thing, they've done the thing with some vet pass catchers, like you said, that hasn't turned out great, but you never know what can happen if they try to do it again. But I I would be a little concerned about this room regardless of a big jump from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs cuz i think that's the duo of the future mm-hmm. um if jordan love is the quarterback and he doesn't that's who he's going with these are that would be a very 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 young offense and basically your vet on offense at this point would be a couple of your offensive linemen and Aaron Jones and not like i think that's wonderful um and i I just talked about this with Packaday. We're not going to talk about the running back group, but I'm all in on them keeping Aaron Jones because I think he's unbelievably important Same. to this offense from a personal and a you know player perspective. Um, but the wide receiver room when they're in wide receiver meetings with QB, etc., like they are, they're just going to need somebody who's older than 22 years old. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I mean, we'll definitely dive into this quite a bit. There's a lot of really fun free agents um, that we can talk about, but even like a Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman's on this list. He would be so fun in a Matt LaFleur offense. I think about some of these like gadgety players and, you know, just the speed that Mm -hmm. that could open things up. But I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Aaron Jones, because I think that he truly has so much value as a pass catcher and as a receiver that even though he's not listed, you know, as a wide receiver on the offense, I think that you know, he does a lot and AJ Dillon to a lesser extent, but I think that's what makes them so valuable. And, you know, whatever tight ends come in are going to have to be pass catchers because we saw a little bit of it from Josiah DeGuarra. Mercedes Lewis is fun and like really limited looks. Robert Tunyon didn't really live up to expectations. So they're going to need like a bevy of pass catchers because one of the themes we talked about all this season was Matt LaFleur having a bag of tricks for each player. And I think that he's going to, he's going to need to come up with some new bags of tricks for whoever is on the roster.
0: And I can see like, they've filled a lot of holes on this roster with guys like Romeo Dobbs with guys like Christian Watson. And I, I mean, I'm on the Christian Watson, you know, wide receiver one train. I could see them targeting a slot guy in the draft Agreed. Um, pretty high, like maybe a second, you know, again, like you taking a second round pick on a, on a, one of the top slot receivers, I don't think that this is the year to find your ex, you know, but they already did. They found him last season. They don't need to take somebody super high. I'd rather them, you know, use their 15th pick on a much more like a different premium position um, and then find somebody on day two because that's the sweet spot. But I think if I was going to pinpoint one place that they'd target in the draft, it would probably be slot
1: receiver. I agree. And I think it's really interesting, too, because, you know, I know Packers fans get kind of frustrated that first round picks historically are on the defensive side of the ball, you know, with this Green Bay front office. But I think it, it makes sense. And, you know, we keep talking about they're a couple players away. And, you know, I, I like the direction the defense is going. We can talk about the coordinator a different day. You know, I think we've said what we need to say about that and what that looks like. But the Packers are really good at finding offensive pieces and regardless, you know, of who the the quarterback would be. They've got a lot of cornerstone pieces. Christian Watson is going to be the face of the offense for a very long time. If Aaron Jones comes back, he will also be in that conversation. So a lot of these pieces that they would need to fill on the offensive side of the ball are easier to find on your late day two, early day three draft picks.
0: I completely agree with you. But of course, as always, the Packers will probably do something totally unexpected. <laughs> so I will say I can't picture them going out and making a big splash at wide receiver in any capacity okay. during free agency. And I don't mean that just because they have no cap space. They think even if they do somehow make enough room, that's not the position that I can envision them targeting. I can see them doing a very similar like Sammy Watkins type signing. And I'd actually almost prefer that they do that, although hopefully this time it turns into production on the field <laughs> yeah but that type of contract I I'd be thrilled with again because you know that Rogers also if he's under sender and they can't bring back everyone he wants let's say they lose Alan Lazard they lose Robert Tunyon Mercedes Lewis decides to retire you get to get keep Randall Cobb Rogers is going to need another vet simply um you know you're just gonna need a third guy on the field um, unless you know everyone in that building thinks Watson and Dobbs are you know it's Randall Cobb, Watson, Dobbs. I think that that works as a top three but I can just see them going out and and getting someone additional.
1: I agree. Any other thoughts? I mean I know we'll dive into like the Packers free agents in more depth. Mason Crosby is a free agent. We can save that conversation for another day what we think will happen with special teams but Any other, like, you know, sneaky positions that you're thinking that maybe could be drafted sooner than we would expect or looked at in free agency?
0: I think the Packers will always take an offensive lineman high if they like somebody. I I don't think they care at all. They'll go into camp with 14 offensive linemen. It does not matter. And I also don't think that some of those top five spots are locks at the moment. Um, I think, you know, you have your left side locked up because they paid – both those guys but your center guard right tackle is a question mark we didn't talk about the offensive line but there's potentially like some moves there that is going to be different and I think that's fine because I don't think their starting five you know played up to the standard this season so that's the only one I'd say like I could so see if one of the top tackles falls to 15 that that's who the Packers take in the first round
1: yeah I agree with you because I love Yash I think he's a great you know, swing tackle for depth. We don't know what will happen with David Bakhtiari. I would imagine that he'll come back. Brian Gutekunst kind of alluded to the fact that he wants him back, but if for whatever reason he doesn't want to stick around, if Rodgers leaves, whatever, we'll save that. We'll save that conversation for another day.
0: I feel confident that he is. I'll just put that out there. Um, I think that David Bakhtiari is the kind of player who makes his own decisions regardless of um, what other people do. just strikes me as that kind of player. Um, And he did get paid a hefty amount, but (laughs) regardless, there's gonna be a lot of changes on this roster. There's gonna be, I think, some restructures in the future, maybe a trade or two, who knows, but we should expect there to be a decent amount of turnover.
1: I agree. And I think Trades are one of those sneaky avenues for the Packers to kind of offload some of the contracts they don't love, bring in some, you know, maybe they'll trade for a vet wide receiver or like a second string tight end and just, you know, kind of round out some of their rooms that way. But again, that'll be a conversation for another show because I think we could we could talk about this for hours. But that is all the time that we have for today's show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry at Perry underscore Goldstein find me at maggie j loney remember to always download each episode and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts we are on just about every platform and we appreciate the ratings and the love that you give this show we'll be back next week you know we'll see what happens i guess really quick any thoughts on the conference championships who you got you got super bowl picks super bowl favorites um i'd like to see Bengals eagles same we're in agreement so it'll probably be a cheap 49ers repeat of course it will <laughs> so we'll talk about that next week but thank you again as always for listening to the show go pack go go pack go